Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of games, uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off, plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 221. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I am joined now by a special guest, Josh Tesler, Director of Scouting for Smart Scouting and host of Smart Talk Podcast. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much, Blaine, for having me. 
Uh, it's been it's been a while. I've been trying to get you to come on. I'm glad we can tee up our times and get you here. Yeah, man, great. Yeah, yeah, man, and I, yeah, man, and I look forward to talking to. Um, sorry, and I look forward to talking uh, with you about the sorry, about the upcoming NHL draft. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting time for Canadians fans specifically. Uh, we'll we'll talk in generalizations as well. Uh, not just focusing on the Canadians because I, even though we're a Canadians podcast, I like to get more of a, a holistic picture of what we're looking at. So sure. we'll, we may as well just dive in. We're going to talk about the 2022 draft. <clears throat> Some of the players, um, you know, your list with your scouting service and maybe even review a couple of previous Canadians picks. So sure. let's just dive in with the first question. And it's an important one for Canadians fans this year. How deep is the 2022 draft this year? So I, so I would say that the first round is pretty deep. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, I was, I, I want to say it like, let's say like the top 15 range, you know, the ceilings are, um, you know, like the ceilings can be decently high, but they're not, you know, but they're not super high. Um, and, you know, with that being said, you know, there are a lot of potential for, you know, I mean, for like the forwards in like the top, you know, uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, in like the, in like the 15 to 30 range to be, you know, you know, to be top six forwards, but, but, you know, but definitely second line, um, I mean, guys like Marco Casper, uh, Jack Hughes, um, you know, those are, um, you know, those are guys that I very, very much like and, you know, and easily can be top six forwards, you know, but there's, um, you know, but there's a little bit more to do, uh, you know, in, you know, in the long-term project to get them to be, a true top six forward. Um, and then, um, you know, and then with the, the defenseman, you know, you're, you know, you're getting to the point where it's, you know, where it's okay. Second, you know, you know, second D, you know, um, sorry, uh, sorry. Second, the second pairing defenseman or third pair. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, so it's deep in terms of like, sorry, in terms of like the potential with, you know, within like the you know, the top 15. I mean, guys like Uri Slavkovsky, like he, I mean, like he could be an absolute monster, like, and like, and I'm not just talking about his, like, you know, like, and I'm not just talking about his frame. Um, like, like if, like if the development goes right for him, like, he could be one of like the best picks, um, you know, coming out of, you know, coming out of this class. I'm like, I'm significantly higher on him than I was in the past. Um, uh, I, I think that people are a little bit too low in terms of what's going on with Brad Lambert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personally, I very much like Brad Lambert. Um, and I don't really understand why a lot of draft sites have, you know, have uh, switched, uh, sorry, switched Lambert with Joachim Kemmel 
and said that Jochen Kemmel is the, um, you know, is the top fin. Um, you know, Do you feel I, that uh, that that issue there with Lambert and Kemmel is more to do with the fact that Lambert has been in their crosshairs and scouted much more, so it's more of a case of scouting fatigue. I guess I guess it could be a little bit of that. I think the other thing is is that so like he like he just doesn't finish down. I mean, like he just doesn't finish down low, and I think you know, and I think that's what deters uh, you know most um, sorry you know most on him, and you know and it kills me because I mean, he is a transitional beast. I mean, I like, I mean, I love him from a transitional perspective, but it's, but it's just when he gets down low, he, you know, his shot gets a little bit rocky, um, you know, but uh, you know, I mean, but he continues to look to complete the dangerous passes. Like, I, I mean, like I just really, really like Brad Lambert and with Joachim Kemmel, like, I understand, you know, at first, you know, he, I mean, you know, he was being uh, pushed up because of his goal scoring. His shot is still a little bit, um, you know, inconsistent at, at times. He's got, I mean, like, I mean, he has got a good shot, but, but it's not, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything compared to uh, Jonathan Lekerimaki. So, I, so I just, so I just don't like, you know, I just don't know in terms of Kamel. I also don't think he's as dominant defensively as what I've been reading. So. Now you mentioned Jack Hughes earlier. Um, For my listeners, can, is he, and I know the answer, but I'm, I'm asking is he related to the Hughes brothers? No, <laughs> no, no. So it's, um, so no, so he is a, uh, sorry. So he's from a completely different Hughes family. Uh, and he is a Westwood, Massachusetts native. So, um, so yeah, so not, uh, yeah, so not far from me. Um, but yeah, so, um, but, but, you know, he is a completely different Hughes um he's like he can be flashy and fun like like he like he loves to serve up behind the back passes um you know i you know i definitely think that there you know the, you know that there is a heavy potential for a lot of fans down the road to be posting gifts of him like he's i mean like he's just a fun like fun fun guy the problem is with um like the problem is with Jack is that he isn't he isn't a top six forward in the NHL right now. And 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 I think he can be. The problem is that his shot and his passing ability is very, very off. And so what I mean by that is he extends the puck like slightly too far out and basically limits the control that he has. And so, 
you know, and so he will fire shots wide and um, and fire passes wide. He's, you know, and so if he can't necessarily clean that up, like, you know, that's what, you know, you know, that's what worries me about, you know, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I, sorry. I just lost my, uh, I just lost my train of thought, man. Um, that's okay. Um, so he plays at Northeastern and th- that's the reason why I brought him up because the Canadians are clearly, uh, aware of this player and he's going to be sitting at the end of the first round early in the second around a time when the Canadians will have another pick, possibly two other picks. So familiar uh, familiarity sometimes breeds contempt, but in this case, it could, because of the lack of play over the last couple of years, could give them a little bit more comfort in picking him. That's why I brought him. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I think it's possible that the, you know, that the Habs can easily walk away with either, you know, with either Jack Hughes or someone like Marco Casper. Like, I, I mean, like, I definitely could see um, either of those two coming to, um, sorry, coming to, sorry, coming to the tree color. So, yeah, it. I would like to see more Swedes picked by the Canadians. It shows that they're going in a different path sometimes. Uh, Marco Casper being a pretty big-bodied Swedish player, he's got to fill his frame, but. He's got skills, and it would be nice to see him uh, as well. And the more centers, the better, really, for the Canadians. Yeah, uh, now, and he's um, sorry. Yeah, and he's actually from Innsbruck, um, and he moved up to S- S- Sweden. I want to say like two years ago, he was playing for. Um, sorry, he was he was playing for the Klagenfurter. Um, and then moved up to Rogle, uh, I think two, I think two years ago. Yeah. And he's, he's been playing fairly well up there, uh, in their second tier leagues, um, putting up decent numbers. Uh, now back to the, the, the top 10 here, uh, because that's, that's going to be the bread and butter for the Canadians in this draft is Shane Wright. A, re- a true lock at number one for you, or are there a couple of other players who can possibly wrestle away that spot from him? So I think right now, <clears throat> so I think right now, Shane Wright th- definitely is the number one pick. I think that, I don't think that there's been anybody who's been elite enough to, um, to I mean like you know to yank him out of that space um but with that being said you know the next group is going to look like Logan Cooley uh Matthew Savoy um David Yurichek uh Uri Slavkovsky you know that's um you know you know the um and and Brad Lambert should be there I can you know, I can see why people, you know, might, you know, might take him out. Um, and then, you know, and then Joachim Kemel as well. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think those are like the top guys that, you know, that you are, are picking from there. Um, and then, um, you know, and then 
for the Habs, you know, ideally, you know, ideally if you can't walk away with Shane Wright, um, you know, let's say, you know, let's say you have the number two or three pick, you know, ideally, well, the Habs have always wanted a number one center. I think Matthew Savoy or Logan Cooley probably gives them, you know, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a great, you know, a great center. Let's, you know, let's see if they become a number one line center. You know, I, you know, I still think it's possible that Nick Suzuki at some point could be your number one center, um, you know, as, in, um, you know, in like a permanent, uh, um, sorry, in like a permanent sense. So, um, so yeah, so I, but then, you know, but then a part of me says I could definitely see a guy like David Juracek being drafted by the Habs. I don't think that David Juracek solves the, you know, solves the immediate problem that the, you know, I mean, you know, that the Habs have. And when I say immediate, um, you know, I, you know, I want to clarify that immediate in my head is like one to two years, not, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I mean, like not, you know, I mean, like not now, um, you know, I think some of these guys, you know, might be like a two to three year um, wait. Um, not, um, sorry, not, I'm sorry, but not Shane Wright. But, um, um, but, you know, in my head, David Yurichek is definitely a guy that, you know, that I think that, you know, I think that the old Habs front office would have, um, sir, would have liked, um, you know, I you know, he's definitely a guy that I think that Mark Bergevin would have said, oh, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I desperately want him. Um, with Jeff Gorton, we don't know, right? So, well, Gorton does enjoy uh, mobile, puck-moving type of defenseman, and Urasek fits that, and he's a right-hander. He's really good on the transition, so it, it's a possibility. Now, with him, he got injured in the game against Canada at the World Juniors. And he's going to be out for several months. Do you feel that that's going to cause him to slide? Um, I don't think it will. Like I, like I think at this point, like you know, scouts in that region, you know, have watched, you know, have watched David Yurichek, um, quite a bit at this point, and I think they're they're probably more comfortable. Um, you know, with what, you know, with what they think that they're going to get out of him. Yeah. I ideally, um, you know, yeah, ideally, you know, you wouldn't have had David Yurchek go out for, you know, go out for so long after, um, you know, after what, you know, after what happened at the world juniors, but, you know, I still think, you know, if you're a Czech scout, you know, David Yurichek was easily like, you know, like the number one prospect that, you know, that you had your eyes on. Um, and so I got to imagine that, you know, that scouts aren't going to go back and say, well, he got injured and it was what a knee on knee at the, you know, it was, it was a, you know, it was a knee on knee at the world juniors, I think. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I don't like, you know, I don't think that's a big, big deal. Um, but what but what I do like though is that David Yurchek plays a very much like bumper car style play. And like um you know and and you know and I think that you know and I think 
that, you know, you know, with, you know, with the old regime, you know, Mark Brezhevin would have been, you know, all, you know, would have been all over that. Um, so, but, uh, you know, his, I mean, like his offensive play, like, isn't, you know, doesn't, you know, like, you know, doesn't scream dominant. It can be dominant. I think, um, I, you know, and when it comes to puck moving defensemen, I mean, you know, let's, you know, let's say the Habs acquire another pick in like, you know, in like the eight to 15 range. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe they take a guy like Simon Nemesh. So who, um, you know, who isn't a bad um, puck moving defenseman himself. Yeah. And between Nemec, the Slovakian and your sec, the Chechen, um, which one do you think is the better right-handed puck mover? So what I really, really like in Simon Nemec's game is, um, you know, is like the body language that he utilizes and like, and his body language just makes him just like, like, like it just makes him explosive in terms of what he can do from a transitional perspective. And I remember, I remember Sam Stern uh, had subtweeted me like maybe like about a month ago. Cause I, uh, cause I put up, uh, cause I put up a clip of Nemec and Sam Stern had subtweeted me and said, his body language reminds me of like an Adam Fox, like guy. And, you know, and given Jeff Gorton's background, you know, I could, you know, I could see him, you know, I could see him digging, you know, a Adam Fox, like D man, like I, 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 and with that being said, I'm not saying that he's Adam. I'm sorry. With that being said, I'm not saying that he's Adam Fox, but you know, but like the similar, sorry, the similar traits that they have. Yeah. Now with, uh, with the Canadians more than likely getting that top three, top five pick, how much of a stretch would it be to pick someone like Nemec or Yurisek? Um, I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? So with, with the Canadians being a top three or a top five pick, uh, would it be a big stretch to pick one of those two right-handers in Yurisek or Nemec? Um, I think if the Habs are picking like two or three, it's a little bit of a stretch to take Yurichek. Um, at this point, for me, Yurichek is higher than Simon Nemec. Um, I just like I just think his game is a sl- sorry. I just think his game is slightly more refined. Um, and I think you see him. Uh, sorry, I think you see him in the NHL. F- uh, way sooner than you see Simon Nemec. Um, with David, um, so with David Yurchak, I think, I like, I think number three is slightly too early. If the Habs are picking at four and five, that's fine. But if Logan Cooley's on the board, like, I, I, I would, I would go with Logan Cooley. <laughs> <laughs> so could you give my listeners a little bit of a breakdown of Logan Cooley's explosive style game? So if you love speed, you love Logan Cooley. 
like like he like like he is a fast man like he like i think i've called him the energizer bunny like he like his foot speed is just it's just so damn good like i like he like he's a beast from a um you know from a transitional perspective um i um here let me actually go back and look at my notes a little bit um because uh sorry because i haven't watched cooley in uh in a while now but like i i mean like i love his stick handling reach um to um sorry to Sorry, you know, to grab pucks that are, you know, uh, sorry, that are coming in slightly wide of him, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you know, and he's, you know, and and he's got the ability to feather just crisp and soft uh, cross ice feeds. Like I, like I just very, very much like L- L- Logan Cooley, um, and yeah. like, and his skating just pops. Like it's like, like like he like he is just so dominant from a skating perspective yeah he he does seem to be very controlled and balanced on his feet and i bring him up not just because he uh he brings an offensive element but he is well known for his two-way play and that is something that kind of fits with what the canadians would be going for more than likely at center and he kind of reminds me a little bit in style, just a little bit in style to Amika Zibanejad. Yeah, I could, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I can, I yeah, mean, I can definitely see a Mika like kid. Um, yeah. And I like, you know, and, you know, and it's, you know, and it's been clear over, you know, I mean, over the years, you know, just how much, Sorry, just how much they have value that two-way play, and yeah, and I can yeah, and I can definitely see, you know, a you know a log, um, you know, a Logan Cooley just being a great fit in terms of the in terms of the Habs uh system under Dominic, um, you know, you know should um um you know should um, sorry, you know, sh- you know, should Logan Cooley, um, you know, make his NHL d- debut under the d- d- Dominic Ducharme? You know, I-, I still, you know, I still think that Logan Cooley, you know, I, you know, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's NHL ready right now. He, you know, I, you know, I would probably recommend that he go to, um, you know, that he go to university next year. Um, and I think he said it to Notre Dame. Yeah, I like. You know, pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going Notre Dame. I haven't double checked that, but here, let me bring him. Yeah, up he's now. yeah he's going yeah. to Notre Dame. Yeah. Um. So that's a good hockey program. The Canadians, uh, Canadians fans, though my listeners would would remember uh, uh, Jake Evans is a Notre Dame graduate. So a full year at the NCAA level because currently he plays at the uh, U.S. National Team Development Program. So a full year at the NCAA could help develop him a little bit further, not just uh, his skills, but physically, because he's still a little undersized at 5'10", 170. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, yeah. And, 
and that's and that's that's the other thing too. Like, you know, I think at times with Mark Bergevin, um, you know the you know the Habs were you, you know the Habs definitely aired um, caution in terms of taking uh, some of the uh, sorry some of the smaller prospects, and then um, you know, and then when it came to the Cole Caulfield draft, I you know I. That you know, like that, pretty much flipped, um, and um, you know, and for you know, and, and for a while, like you know, I definitely had Mark, you know, pegged as more of a, you, you know, as more of a GM that you know that preferred going after guys that were a little bit bigger in frame, and so you know, and so with that being said, Logan Cooley would not have been a fit, but you know, but I, I feel like his drafting philosophy you know, over, you know, over the years had changed, um, you know, and I, um, you know, and, you know, and should, you know, and should Jeff Gordon, you know, re, you know, re- remain cool with that. And I, you know, and I, and I definitely assume that he would, you know, Logan, you know, Logan Cooley would just be a great fit, um, you know, for, you know, for the Montreal Canadiens, now, because the Canadians are more than likely going to be making some trades to sell off their veteran assets and try and bring in some futures, um, would you feel that it is more valuable to take picks in the first round mm-hmm. in return this year in 2022, or would a 2023 first round pick hold more value? Um, it depends. It depends on the team that you're trading with for next year. Um, right. Cause I mean, right. Cause I mean, there's a lot of talent, uh, from a 2023 NHL draft perspective, but Let's assume that the, whoever they pick, whoever they would trade with would end up with the summer between 25 and 32 on either year. Yeah, um, I I think it's really really hard to say right now. Um, like, um, like I like I haven't got like that that deep in the twenty twenty three draft. I mean, like I've you know like I've watched a lot of I mean like a lot of guys at this point, but you know, but I don't know exactly what the you know, I mean, like, you know, like how far deep the 2023 draft, you know, is, um, you know, it's very, very much uh, top heavy in terms of like guys like uh, Matt Bay Michkov, uh, Connor Bedard, um, uh, and then like, you know, and, you know, um, you know, and then you look at guys like, uh, um, like, um, sort of like Adam Fantilli and then Quentin Musty, uh, also Callum Ritchie, um, and um, and there's great you know and there's great talent with the uh, U.S. National Team Development Program U uh, seventeen club. I caught I caught a little uh, sorry I caught a little bit of uh, the U 17s the other night because because uh, a few of them were bumped up to the U 18s. Um, as, uh, as I think there was, uh, some COVID, um, 
Um, sorry, so I think there were a couple players on the U18 team that were out either with COVID or um, or they were banged up. Um, but uh, and I'm trying to rem- rem- remember the kids that are playing on the U.S. National Team Development Program U17 uh, club um, that are. Um, sorry, I'm sorry that are on the 2023 uh, um, board right now, but I, um, sorry, but their names are just escaping me. And, and um, that's fine. Um, do you feel that maybe 2022 kind of, it's trending towards being like the 2012 draft and 2023 having a little bit more high-end skill up top? Um. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that is the case. Um, you know, but I you know, but I you know, but I think it's you know, but I think it's still um so I think it's still a little too early to um you know, to really say what the 2023 class is, but you know, there's a lot of top end talent there. I mean, you know, I you know, Matt, you know, Matvey Mishkov and you know, and Connor Bedard are two great players. And I think, and I think what the ultimate concern is with, with Matt Michkov is, well, his KHL contract is a little bit lengthy and, you know, and it's, and it's extremely clear that, you know, what's going on in Russia right now, um, you know, they've got, um, the last I heard, they've got a bill on the Kremlin floor, um, to basically, um, sorry, to basically start, uh, charging, um, like higher fees, um, you know, to, you know, to non-Russian based teams that, um, that are, you know, that are signing players. And so that would apply, um, for NHL players. Um, you know, so, you know, so with that being said, you know, um, you know, teams, you know, teams would have to figure, you know, if there's a bill on the floor at the Kremlin, you know, we're, you know, we're not talking like, you know, the Russian government is saying like, okay, we want 6,000 rubles coming back. No, they want, you know, they want a big piece of the pie. And I got to figure that, you know, that some politician was like, you know, well, we've got this kid, Mafe Mishkov coming up and, you know, and I can only imagine, you know, that, you know, that the KHL has gone to the Kremlin and said, like, hey, like, you know, hey, like, we really, really want this because, you know, if there's more money coming back to us, you know, that only helps us grow, um, um, you know, grow the Russian hockey game and we can be even more dominant. Um, it could more you know, more than likely just be them being protective of their own assets as well. Yes. Because many KHL owners are also oil oligarchs who yes. clearly are friends with the Russian president. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, so I, you know, so I think if you're a team in the NHL, I, you know, I think you got to figure that, you know, that, there's going to be a decent payment, you know, going, um, you know, going back to SK St. Petersburg. And let's be honest, SKA St. Petersburg is like, you know, is easily like the top, uh, you know, like, you know, like the top prospect uh, uh, development uh, club 
um, you know, in, you know, in the, sorry, in the KHL, they've done extremely well. Um, you know, they've guys, you know, they got guys like Yaroslav Oskarov, who is a Nashville Predators prospect. Uh, I've got uh, Marat Kuznetinov, who is a Minnesota Wild prospect. Um, Vasily Podkolzin, who is now with the Vancouver Canucks. You know, he, um, you know, he also came from, um, uh, sorry, um, sorry, he also came from their club too. Um, you've got Nikita Chibrikov. You know, this, I mean, like, you know, like this organization has done well. And, you know, and what they aren't shy about doing is they are shy about um, also acquiring players that are, um, you know, that are either in their, uh, sorry, that are either in the VHL or the MHL. And, um, and there isn't like, you know, and there isn't a direct path to like the KHL as, um, you know, as there isn't a alignment with a KHL club. So for example, last year they acquired, uh, Fyodor Svechkov, who was playing for uh, Togliati, um, and I personally love Fyodor. Um, and he's a he's a Nashville uh, Predators prospect, um, and they brought him over. So yeah, so they, I mean, so they just love to bring over as many prospects as like as they can, and um, and if you aren't following them, uh, the MH so the MHL club for SKA St. Petersburg is an excellent follow on Twitter as well. And you can expect many, many gifts um, and um, and memes and all of them have to do with Matt Fabe, Mitchkov. So, so do you feel that these, uh, this new Russian direction where they're going to try and penalize uh, foreign uh, entities for poaching their talent, do you feel like that's going to cause players like uh, Daniel Yurov or, Ivan Miroshneko uh, to slide in this year's draft. Um, so unfortunately, both players were already you know trending in kind of a downward direction. Um, but I I don't like I don't think it helps their like I don't think it helps their value. But you know, at the same point, like I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine in my head that this becomes anything like the MLB uh, Japan kind of uh, baseball uh, player movement, you know, where, you know, where you had guys like the Red Sox paying like an absorbent amount of money to at least get Daisuke Matsuzaka in the, you know, in the same room with them. Like, I, like, I don't think we're going to get into that territory. Like, but, you know, I do think that NHL teams are going to have to pay slightly more, than what they are accustomed to, um, so I, I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily. I, I don't think it necessarily hurts them. Um, you know, as you know, I you know, I just think that you know, I just think the teams are just gonna have to pay just a little bit more money. Um, you, you know, and um, you know, and you know, and assuming that you know, in assuming that they hit in terms of, you know, in terms of what the initial prospect uh, potential uh, value was, you know, you're, you know, you're going to come out on top. And so as long as you trust your scouting department, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of their rankings, I, I, I 
you know, I wouldn't worry about, you know, paying a little bit more in terms of getting the guy that you truly want. Okay. And before I let you go, uh, I have one big question. Is there any one player in that first round in 2022 that you see as a, a sleeper pick? Um, I really, really like Marco Casper. Like I, like, I really, really like him. I think that there are teams that are going to go and say Marco Casper can be like, I mean, I mean, can just be a lot of fun. Like, I mean, like he can just be a lot of fun. And I, and I think what draws teams to him is his physical grit. Like it, like it isn't always prevalent, but oh man, he just like, I mean, like he just loves to show it. Like he mean, like, you know, like he plays every single, sorry, he plays every single four checking situation incredibly hard. Like he's, I mean, like he is just a fun kid and he, he is very, very much puck motivated. And, um, you know, and it's guys like that, that I, you know, that I love. Um, And then, then another guy that I very, very much like is Liam Olgren. Um, And Liam Olgren is, you know, in a similar spot where like, I just love his forechecking and like Liam Olgren, you know, I can see him being the best four checker out of, you know, out of this draft class. Um, you know, his, you know, his speed and his skating ability, you know, just, um, you know, just allow him to have so much pace. And, um, you know, and I've been, you know, and I've been saying for a while, um, you know, that I think the ideal fit for a guy like Liam Olgren is actually going to the Habs rival, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and having, um, you know, and, you know, and let's say Liam Ogren's, uh We don't approve of swearing on this show. <laughs> saying, Sorry. saying that city's name. Oh, <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, but I mean, like, you know, but I mean, like, let's say Liam Ogren's development goes right. You know, he, you know, he could potentially be, you know, a guy that you pair with Matthews and Marner. Like, you know, like, I mean, like he, like he gives you that, like, I mean, like he gives Lee fans who like, who see Michael Bunting as like, oh, like, oh my God, Michael Bunting is so good. He's okay. He like, he is a, he is a hymen fix. Like, I mean, yes, he's like, he's, he's a more physical Zach Hyman, um, well, for them, it's uh, whoever's the newest toy is the greatest player to have ever lived. So yes, it, it yes. fits. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, I mean, Liam Olgren would be a sizable upgrade. And, you know, I mean, I mean, should like, I mean, should his development go right? And I could, you know, and I could see him doing well there. So it'd be a good idea for the Canadians to kind of Tanya Harding that and pick him in the second round. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh, I really do appreciate you coming on the show and giving us a little bit of a, an overview of what to expect uh, as it's a midpoint before the draft, but what to expect a little bit from the draft. Uh, so before I let you go, can you let my re- and my listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you see, uh, so you all can find me on 
um, Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is at Josh Tesler, and then there's an underscore. Um, uh, fall, I'm sorry, following my last name. Um, and uh, and you can find my work at Smart Scouting. Um, and yeah, and thank you, Blaine. Uh, sorry, thank you, Blaine, so much for having me on the show today. And uh, oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, yeah, man, it was a blast. No, I'm I'm really really happy that you were uh, you were able to come on the show. Uh, I've been we've been we've been talking for years, and it's it's nice that I it, my listeners can learn more about the prospects from multiple sources, especially from you. Um, mm-hmm. So I really appreciate your point of view. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. And for my listeners, thank you very much for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.